Welcome to the show, kids. Today is uh, 6-4. It's Friday? Yeah. I have uh, about an hour to do this podcast, so it means I got to do a half hour, and then I got to listen to it over again. Get my boogie on. I try to do these as, as often as I can. I try to do one a week. <clears throat> and it just doesn't seem to work out that, you know, I always have stuff to do, and there's all kinds of excuses that you can skirt on to yourself, you know, pornography, drinking too much, being afraid of your wife, and you have to go, you know, take her places and do stuff, and, I mean, you can, you can only tell her to fuck off so many times before your life starts getting rough, so try not to do that very often. Just about once a week. And then, you know, she calls you a piece of shit and you have, you you know, you exchange nastinesses and then you go to work and come back and everything's fine the next day. Nothing happened. Yeah. And the pornography uh, is like people, women getting stuck in things like getting stuck in dryers and furniture and they get stuck like underneath something They're like help help i need help and he's like what do you need help with and <laughs> and she's like i'm stuck and then you you know i'll, I'll pull you out and he, he pulls and then like the back of her pants come down he's like oh she's like well, what's going on <laughs> yeah it just progresses from there so I don't know, they get their, like, watch or their ring caught, or hair, or something gets caught under the bed, or in a dryer, I don't know, but it's something that you, uh, I need to try to thwart as far as trying to get, uh, away from that as much as I can, that way I get to do more podcasts and have some fun, you know, relax a little bit on this thing. Um, let's see what they got today. I'm looking forward to my uncle, Dick Mason. His, uh, Facebook name is James Mason. But he goes by Dick. And he's my Uncle Dick. And, uh, he's, you know, he's a wild man. I look forward to him visiting and, uh, so we can do a podcast and get into some dark family history shit show of the Pendergrast Mason he's a Mason so before that it was Stokely and all kinds of the Hummer Stokely it's been all kinds of different names but uh, he's graduated into Mason I think that my actual grandfather's name was Mason Virgil Mason and then uh, yeah had Dick and then my mom and so she was a Mason not a real Mason but her last name was Mason okay so I got it I got I had another dream I don't know if I went I went into like two different dreams that were pretty fucking dark dreams this other dream that I had was set in Vietnam and I guess it was maybe 62 to 68 maybe 69 
but uh, it was a it was a mother that had a young daughter. She lived in this village, and uh, during wartime, um, things in the village weren't good. Um, there was a lot of murder, theft, rape, all kinds of different things. Um, her daughter at the time, like 1968 or 1965, was like 10 years old. And uh, she looked at, you know, different people um, going into different huts and raping people. And she never wanted that to happen to her daughter. So she, you know, dressed him as a boy or, you know, um, try to hide her as much as possible. And then one day she turned 13. And this might have been this might have been 1969, and she worked with the Americans at the time, doing odd jobs like washing uh, GI's uh, clothes and shiny boots and cleaning uh, whatever they need cleaned. You know, she was one of the trustworthy people that they worked with, and uh, you know, she she made a fairly good amount of money that she couldn't keep. She always had this uh, guy, one of the uh, trusted uh, military people hold her money for her because it would just get stolen and broken into and raped and blah, blah, blah. But um, I can't remember in my dream the name of the private or the, the it wasn't a private. It was a, it was a upper military, uh, like a major or something. And they had like a kinship, like a friendship. And um, like I said, her daughter had turned 13. And she decided she didn't want um, her daughter to be raised in Vietnam and, and go through the war that was going on. And she didn't want uh, the possibly raped and murdered or, you know, anything that, you know, could happen in, in times of war. Um, so one evening, uh, towards the end of their deployment from this, uh, major, this, whatever he was, um, she dressed her daughter up and, you know, and a nice dress and she put a nice dress on and they went to the quarters, uh, where they have, they, they serve beer and different things. It was a, like if you watched MASH back in the day, it was like a Rosie's. Well, she took her daughter there, and, and uh, they had drinks, and they had a good time, and they danced and with the different uh, officers and had different things. And, and she, the mother had decided that she was going to uh, have her daughter get pregnant by a GI, a Joe. You know, a, a serviceman. So she would get uh, access to the um, America, but it was like one of those things that uh, she was so young that none of them would take the bait. None of them would, you know, uh, how would I say it? None of them would do what she wanted to happen. And, and, of course, the daughter was 13. She was scared. She didn't want anything to happen like that. 
Um, and I remember the girl, the woman, um, staying, she sent her daughter home and then she went back to the bar that night and she had sex with several of the, uh, GIs and, uh, every time she would have sex with them, she would either, uh, she would either have to stand over a, like a pan or uh, a container of some kind and let the uh, semen run out of her or she would spit it into the, into the end of the container or they, she would, um, she actually in my dream went into the, um, stall of the, like a, a porta potty, just a terrible mess of a porta potty, uh, where they would throw the condoms and she would go in there and, and take the condoms out of the, get in, down into the sewage of these things and get condoms, um, outside the bar. And, um, this all happened within one or two nights and she would take it home and, um, give her daughter, uh, a, I'm not sure what kind of medicine that would put her to sleep or give her alcohol or whatever would she would do. Um, and then she would basically turkey baste her, the daughter. Um, she did it like two or three nights. And, um, a couple months later, she, her, the daughter became pregnant with somebody's child, not sure who, but in my dream, uh, they knew whose child it was. They knew it was a specific guy. So she, in my dream, it was, um, she had been trying these different problems. She had been trying these different things like going into the uh, latrines and fishing out um, condoms and, you know, trying to this and that. But it only, it, it only worked one time and that was when uh, the, this one officer that she knew would, would regularly have sex with him. Um, she would every night take it home and, and, and to tell the daughter that it was medicine to keep her from getting pregnant. She's like, you don't want to get pregnant, do you? She's and I was like, no, no. She said, well, this will help you not get pregnant. You put this in you. And uh, so she would do that, and she had the officer's name, and she knew a lot about this officer. She would she would ask other officers well, who was his name and blah, blah, blah. So. She knew his first and last name and his rank, and and she, that was the semen that impregnated the daughter. She she basically you know jack, jacked this guy to get uh, her daughter shipped to America. She wrote the the commanding post and said, you know, this is my my daughter's being pictures of a daughter and said my daughter's pregnant with this officer's um baby and can you please you know 
she needs to go be with the father. You know, he needs to be with the father and stuff. So they, the uh, military actually flew her to, you know, they notified the officer. And, he, of course, he was like, no, that's not possible. And they did, uh, you know, tests and proved that it was his, which I don't even know if they have DNA tests back then. I don't know how they proved uh, whose baby is whose back then. But uh, it, it was proved to be this this guy's baby, and he just scratched his head. He's like, "There's no way, you know. I'd always always have sex with this one woman," and then it dawned on him, you know. And he contacted her and said, "You sperm jacked me, you you you, you tricked me." And she's and she told him, "Well, my daughter was going to get raped and murdered." And her life would have been a total hell. I'm sorry that I had to do that. But now she's safe and the baby's safe. And that was the only way for me to get her out of Vietnam. Was to, you know, was to trick this, trick you. And, I mean, that elaborate story. I've never, I've never seen it in a movie. I've never, you know, I've never anything about it, but that. It's like, I don't know, like a drug mushroom dream where I lived a life and, and I could see all these things happen. And a lot of it was, you know, I don't know if it was my, my childhood growing up watching MASH and, you know, different things like that. But it's one of those things that I, I woke up, I knew the whole story. And I was able to write it down and, and tell my wife about it. And she's just like looking at me like, you're making this up. You know, you saw a movie somewhere. I'm like, no, this was a fucking dream. And, it, you know, it's one of those crazy dreams, you know. I'm fortunate enough to have dreams. Well, I guess fortunate enough that I can remember. <laughs> the other uh, The other day I had a dream that uh, I was in the military and uh, my guy that was running my radio, my comms guy, communications officer, um, had purposely given our position up to somebody that was paying him or whatever, had blackmail, but he purposely gave our position away. And uh, I I had him uh, with a knife by the throat, and uh, they was radioed command and and said, you know, what what do we got to do with you know this guy? You know, what 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 do we do? And it came over the radio, Shh, get rid of comms. Said repeat. You heard me. Get rid of comms. And that basically meant uh, get rid of the guy. You know, execute, terminate, whatever you might call it. And I remember in my dream, I had the knife to his, his uh, side of his neck. And um, he was he was very pissed off. And he just said, 
just fucking do it. And uh, I ran the knife up and down. And in my dream, it was like um, cutting a football or cutting a basketball, you know, the hard leather. It just wouldn't cut right away. It just didn't, it didn't just slice open like butter, you know. But when it popped through, the knife popped through the skin, his, uh, his whole demeanor changed because when it popped through the skin, it, it cut deep and, uh, there's the side of the jugular vein and stuff. And he reached for his neck and, uh, we just sat there and watched him die. And I woke up right after that. And I, and, uh, the, I was, I was pretty upset. I was, uh, I was very upset for, uh, quite a few, uh, minutes. And, uh, it's one of those things, it's, <clears throat> it, I call it PTSD, but it's, it's not, it, it's not in a military, um, asset. It's, it's, it's like, it's for my corrections. You know, doing different things and waking up with bad dreams. Waking up <clears throat> like you've lost control of a unit or you've this or that's happened in a, in a place where you have to, you know, uh, you know, you just lose control and uh, you're fucked. And it's a scary time. And, uh, you know, it's life or death kind of scary. And... Uh, that's, that's the first time that's happened for a long time that I woke up upset and frazzled. And, uh, and it would have been as bad if it hadn't been so graphic. Because, you know, just feeling, you know, like I said, feeling the knife pop through the skin. And then watching everything come out. It was, it was it was terrible in my dream. I mean, it's like everybody's like, what are you taking before you go to bed? <laughs> you know, I want to stay away from it. You know, I, I don't think I take anything, but you know, some small amounts, small amounts of alcohol or, you know, different Walmart blue sleeping pills. I don't know. Advil PM. Shit. But uh, some weird stuff. And then I had a dream about zombies. And I started dreaming about, like, not zombies coming for me or whatever else. But I was, like, in a laboratory. And we were studying these zombies. And we were trying to basically make soldiers out of these zombies. And, uh, well, what we came up with was, um, a fresh zombie, somebody who's only been a zombie for like 24 hours or maybe a couple days. Those zombies, they still have, uh, active sperm in their, in their testicles. So... <laughs> We were we were uh, in in charge of getting the sperm from these tex testicles 
of these zombies. And so I began with the thing. It was like, can you tap a zombie on the shoulder? And it like turn and like, oh, and it knows you're there. Or can you like, you know, hit it, you know, touch it with a feather and it turn around. Can it feel stuff? So if it can feel stuff, because we know it can smell brains and smell stuff. But if it can feel stuff, then it, you can sperm jack it. You know, you can you can jack off a zombie and get the you know the sperm. I would think. I mean, I mean, I'm no scientist, but I'm pretty sure. And and what does that sperm look like under a uh, like magnifying magnifying glass? Magoscope, scope or glass. What does it look like? You know, is it kind of like a sperm with a mouth or sperm that's kind of weird or is it normal sperm? Or does the sperm already turn into zombie sperm? So we jacked these, jerked off these zombies to get the sperm, right? I mean, we're doctors. So we're not, it's not like we're, you know, perverts <laughs> so we jacked off these zombies right and we had several different like eggs that we you know got from frozen embryos whatever so we you know at different stages of zombie we would impregnate these eggs and uh like only like a few of them lasted but what we were trying to do is we were trying to make a blade a day walker, somebody who is half zombie and half, you know, uh, Amer you know, I would say American, half zombie, half American, uh, you know, half, you know, human. So that that was the goal. So you know, and I guess it was a thing where, if a zombie was a zombie for more than three days, his sperm was no good. But like sperm would last like two or three days in in a dead walking around zombie. So <laughs> I got to thinking about it. What does a zombie think about when you're jacking him off or a girl or, you know, cause we have female, uh, I mean, I, I could do it, but I really, it's one of those things because I'm a doctor, I could do it. But we have females that, you know, would sit there and, you know, show him up, penthouse, why is she's jacking him, and, you know, what what does the zombie think of when, you know, when we're getting that come out of him? I don't, I don't know. It's one of those things that, does he feel it? I mean, I, I think he feels it. But anyways, so we got this zombie sperm, and we impregnate these things, and, and half of them were, like, fucking... They, they try to fucking bite you. They're the babies. They, you know, they always try to fucking, like, I got another fucking biting baby, you know. So, can't let them bite you either because they're fucking, they don't have teeth yet. But they'll sit there try to fucking bite you. But I, now that I think about it, they were probably hungry. But, so, I guess we could give them, like, breast milk, like, out of a normal human woman. And then they would probably, that would probably make them half 
that's that next time I dream that I'll 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 put that in there. Have, I don't know if anybody else has had lucid dreams where you control your dreams. I can somewhat do that. I did it when I was a child. And I say child when I was, you know, in my tens and eights and tens and teens. <clears throat> I remember a specific dream that I had often to where I started to do different things to get away from. It was uh, Abbott and Costello. They had the uh, werewolf, Frankenstein, and Dracula. And they would chase me around the yard back in my hometown, Caledonia. And I would bounce off these uh, fences and I would avoid them like like a wrestling ring. You know, I'd spring off these fences and jump over them and I'd run away from them over to the next fence and I'd bing and it'd fly over them or I'd, you know. I kept dreaming that dream to where, you know, eventually I would run into the house and get a steak and, you know, and, and I'd kill the vampire, you know, and, you know, and, and um, I don't know. I don't know what else I did. I had sex with the werewolf for, I, I, I don't remember, but uh, something like that. I, I think I just ran. I think I just kept running from him. The only other thing that I could think of that I wanted to hit on was a movie, The Principles and the Thoughts Behind No Country for Old Men. Now, No Country for Old Men, they had a psychotic serial killer that was sent on a on a, uh, a mission to get this money back from these people. And he made them a deal. He said, uh, if you give me the money, then I won't kill your wife. And if you, uh, you know, ended up, he ran from him. But he got the money. But he still went back to the wife and explained to him, I, t I told him that uh, I would come and kill you. She, she, she's looking at the guy. She's like, but he's dead. What point are you making by coming and killing me when he's already dead? You're not, he's not, he doesn't like know that you, you're going to come and kill me. And he just kind of looked at her. And it didn't matter. He had made a deal. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, realm somebody else went into or, you know, what kind of thoughts that somebody else had about it. it the, those deals didn't matter. The deal meant, the deal was in his head. The deal was with him. You know, the it's like when you stop smoking. The deal isn't with somebody else. The deal's with you. You know. And it's one of those things that I understand that when he went back and killed the woman. That it, that made sense to me. And everybody else was just like, that's psychotic. Why why would you do that when he's he's already dead? You're not punishing him. And I got to thinking, that's the kind of thing that 
needs to be done with these shooters. You know, like the Parkland or different people that commit, you know, heinous crimes. We need to make sure that they understand, no matter what, that, you know, we're, go we're going to, as a society, we're going to, we're going to make that family pay. You know, that, you know, what a barbaric thing, you know, that child, and that mother and that grandmother, they had nothing to do with that guy, you know, blowing up uh, the, uh, John, the Oklahoma City bomber, you know. But uh, guess what? Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that everybody's innocent. I don't. Uh, I don't. I, it doesn't mean. It doesn't matter to me that they're innocent. That doesn't matter to me. Somebody has to pay. We need to find some way to stop these crimes and these different things that uh, happen and, and uh, you know we need we need to make somebody pay and uh, you know it needs to be public and it needs to be it needs to be heinous so that the next person that comes along says well you know I don't want anything to happen to my kids and my wife or maybe they do maybe they, maybe they kill everybody before they go on a killing spree, you know, that happens quite often. But uh, something needs to be done. Something, something uh, you know, I, I don't know if it involves fire or what it involves, but, you know, something has to be done with these people and, uh, and people's families. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to stop it. I don't know how to, uh, you know, these people that, uh, the pedophiles and the different things. You know, so, somebody's got to pay. You know, and there needs to be it needs to be a public um, Salem witch thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but uh, it needs to be public, and it needs to be somewhere to where somebody thinks about that kind of thing, and they and uh, they say, "Well, you know, I really don't want to be set on fire in front of everybody, so I'm gonna pass on that little kid at the park." So it's one of those things that, you know, I think about and I dream about or I, 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 I try to rationalize it, try to work it out. I just don't know. Nobody does. It needs to be something that I guess we come up with it in, in, as a community. It's not going to be anybody that's um, a tree-hugging, animal-loving we can't do that because he really didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, well, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, we still have to stop it. So or this, is, this is how we're going to stop it. But anywho, I'm supposed to talk about quantum computers. Uh, what is it? something living in this simulation you know basically having nine lives and just jumping from different things that uh, I don't know different branches but I'm not going to get into that today 
it's like a conspiracy theory thing. But, uh, oh, I don't know if I talked to you guys about this. I've got a guy, a friend. His, oh, I did. I did do this. I did the yeah, quality gym. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good luck to you, brother. I hope your Bahamas and your St. Thomas and your Virgin Islands would go well. He listens to the show occasionally. Listens to my babbling dumb shit. Ah, uh, see, uh, I guess the last thing I'm going to talk about is the stupid things we did as kids. You know, I, I remember as a young child of, I must have been eight to, eight to 11, but, uh, Got out one night, and uh, me and a friend soaked my neighbor's windows. And they pretty much came over the next day and said, we know it was you, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, no, it wasn't us, blah, blah. Like, well, I guess we're going to call the police unless you clean it. So I suggest you start cleaning I think we used paraffin too. Wax. Wrote all kinds of nasty shit all over their windows too. <laughs> like little fucks. Fucking little horrible kids. Um, and then me and a dear friend of mine, uh, Matt Davies, which I'll have to explain to you what happened to Matt Davies. Um, it was a it was a tragic thing to happen that happened to him and our friendship, uh, but I I, I don't want to take. Um, uh, let's see, I, I, it's it's not anything to where I'm going to blame somebody else because I I'm an adult I can, but it was, it was uh, me, letting watching somebody else bully him, and me not stepping up. So. But anyways, me and Matt Davies, <laughs> we snuck out of the house, which was easy to do and back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, this probably was 83, maybe 85-ish. Um, anyways, we just would walk around uh, Caledonia, Ohio. Uh, we'd just walk around in the summertime in the middle of like two or three o'clock in the morning, just, you know, all kinds of hide from cars when the car would, you know, we'd hear a car, or we'd see a car, we'd duck in an alley or we'd, we'd, we'd hide. Um, so we were, we were running around town and, uh, we, there was a pizza box that was, uh, in front of this, uh, this pizza place, dugout pizza in Caledonia. And um, <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, I told I told Matt, I said, I'm going shit in this pizza box. And we'll put, it, we'll put it on the, you know, on the porch there and they'll open it up and that'll be funny. So I shit in the pizza box, right? And, <laughs> and uh, me and Matt, 
It was, it was, we thought it was a fucking hoot, right? And, uh, so, but instead of putting it there on the thing, I actually, we actually smashed the poop pizza box up against the window and it like stuck to the window. So it was a shit caked pizza box. I, fucking kids are horrible. Fucking kids are horrible fucking monsters. But anyways, so I'm sorry that I used soap and paraffine on my neighbor's house and I shit in a pizza box, smashed it on the window at this dugout pizza. Very sorry. Kids are horrible monsters. <laughs> so that that's I guess that's it. I guess that's it. That's all I got. It's all my zombie. My zombie sperm. My zombie cum. And my pooping in the pizza box. That's all I got. Tune in next week for quantum computers and conspiracy theories. Yes. Maybe I'll talk about vaccines. Shit show. I don't know. Only thing I really do know is that I love you. Thank you for listening. Peace out. And we'll see you.